0: helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and award-winning psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. The title of today's show is The Power of Words. The story stole of an emperor who dreamt that All his teeth had fallen out, leaving only one tooth. Troubled, he called for the wise men of his kingdom to interpret the dream. The first wise man said, This means your relatives are going to die one by one, and you will be left as the only survivor. The emperor was unhappy with this interpretation, and sent for other wise men uh, to interpret the dream. And each wise man that came said the same thing. Your teeth represent, the teeth falling out represent the death of your relatives. They're going to die one by one and you will be the only survivor. Finally, the emperor learned of a wise man whose wisdom was said to exceed Though that of others, and he sent for this wise man to interpret his dream. After the wise man was told the dream, he said, Master, the dream means you will live a longer and more fulfilling life than your relatives. The emperor was exceedingly joyful and rewarded the wise man with great wealth. The interpretation of this wise man was the same as that of others. But the previous wise men focused on death, whereas this wise man focused on survival and the quality of life. Same story, but told. Same dream, same interpretation, but told from a different perspective. That's the power of words. How things are said have great impact. Words are not just sounds. Words shape our reality and our destiny. Words bring things into existence. In the book of Genesis, we read that God created the universe with words, literally with nothing except the words he spoke. Interestingly, Nobel Prize winning physicist Warner Heisenberg One said that the building blocks of everything in our universe is the atom, which consists only of invisible energy vibrating at various frequencies. This means that atoms, which makes everything that we see, is really nothing but energy. The Apostle Paul may have been saying the same thing when he wrote in Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, quote, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. In other words, the universe is made out of unseen things according to Paul. And this is just what Nobel Prize winning physicist Werner Heisenberg also Said So the words of God, the command of God, brought things into existence. And your words have the power to transform and to shape your life. In a book called Words Can Change Your Brain, Dr. Andrew Newberg, who is a neuroscientist at Thomas Jefferson University, said that a single word has the power to trigger the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress so a single word can turn on or turn off stress hormones in your body and change your physical state yes words have the of power words have the power to shape not only our feelings and our emotions, but subsequently to shape our destiny. Negative words, for example, can limit our potential and set an emotional barrier that is like a prison from which we cannot escape. Conversely, when we speak positive words, positive words can unleash our God-given abilities and make us soar to great heights. So today I want to speak on five aspects of our lives that we can revolutionize by being mindful of the kinds of words we use. Keep in mind, as we talk about the power of words, that in this context, we are also talking about self-talk, the things that we say to ourselves. My first point today, uh, the first heading under which I would like to speak on the power of words, is the power of words on physical. We are told in the gospel that Jesus would often speak a word and people would be healed. He would drive demons out of people by the words that he said. And in many of these, uh, instances, Jesus spoke of belief. Do you believe that I can heal you? And so people were healed by the words that he speaks and the belief or the hope that they had that they could, that they could be healed by his words. So words are very powerful. Dr. Lisa Rankin, who wrote the book *The Power*, sorry, the book *Mind Over Medicine*, talks about the power of words, and she tells in the book uh, a personal story of her mother. She said her mother would often say to her while she was eating chips or drinking salty soup that you are going to develop. High blood pressure. And her mother would say this hundreds of times throughout her childhood you are going to develop high blood pressure. And she said in her 20s, with no history of high blood pressure in her family, she developed high blood pressure. And she used that personal story to talk about how some doctors in the medical system might be placing curses. On their patients by the way they speak to them. So, for example, a doctor who comes into a room and say to a, a a patient with cancer, you know, the cancer that you have is very bad. It's incurable, and you are going to die in six months. She's saying that that's medical hexing, like medical curses that are been placed on people because the truth is none of us know what will happen. In the book she talks about spontaneous remissions of cancer, where there are many people who was given over to 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 die, given up on to die by medical doctors who spontaneously recovered, and the doctors have no explanation for that. So th- those are well documented stories, and and so the the idea that a doctor knows for sure that you're going to die in three months is it's just not just not factual. So she's saying that doctors, by speaking these kinds of words over their patients, that they're Actually, setting up patients to lose hope and to prevent their bodies from triggering healing mechanisms that are built into our bodies by God. Well, she didn't use the she didn't talk about God in in that sense. But I am saying that these healing mechanisms that she said has been prevented from being triggered by these these negative words of the doctors that these healing mechanisms are built into us by God. And so she's saying they are robbing others of hope. And so I think it's important to realize that how you speak about your own illnesses that you have could be preventing your bodies from your body from healing. If you have this negative uh, way of talking to say, this disease is going to kill me, I'm never going to get better, you know, woe is me, you know, I'm going to die and leave all of my relatives, chances are that you are setting up yourself for that kind of result by talking about it Like that, and I'm not by any means trying to belittle the suffering of anyone who is suffering, because I think all of us go through those phases where we we lose hope and we become despondent. But I think it's also important to realize that we serve a big God, and that God is the God of miracles, and that we, despite going through those valleys, we can come to the other side where we take. We take, uh, we we take a hold on faith and hope, and we said, "God, you can do miracles. I am looking to you to get me through this sickness that I am going through." A, res- a study was done by Doctor Lawrence Egbert. Of Har- Har- at the Harvard Medical School and published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And in this study, they took two groups of surgical patients. One group was met by optimistic doctors who spoke positively about their surgical outcomes. And another group met with grumpy doctors who were grumpy and unsympathetic. What is very interesting from the studies is that the first group required less painkiller after the surgery and were discharged on average 2.6 days earlier than the group who did surgery who were met by these uh, gloomy Doctors. So, when Jesus uh, spoke with people that he was trying to heal, the Bible tells us over and over that he would have compassion on them. So, Jesus, in performing healing, realized the, the need to show uh, care for people and the need to use words that spoke of life. And and so we would say things like, "Go, your faith has made you well." And so, as Jesus practiced healing, his words was his words were a very important part of that healing. So I'd like to say to you, if you are going through uh, an illness in your life. It's very important for you to realize that words have energy. Words can trigger healing or they can maintain sickness. Try to surround yourself with people who speak life into you. Prayer is very powerful. Prayer says that you have hope that your situation is not hopeless. Get people to pray. And prayer uh, uh, that declares healing, that, that that stands on the promises of God, is a way of helping. Your body to trigger the healing resources that is wired into into your into your body, and so also one thing that you can do to begin to trigger healing is to. Put up words in your surroundings, scriptures that speaks of healing, scriptures that's, that's promises, that's based on the promises of God by His stripes we are healed and so forth. These words are not just words. They are a powerful source of healing that can help your body to trigger its healing resources. I have seen miraculous healing in my practice, where, for example, one woman who came in with a hand that was was swollen uh, one and a half times her other hand. Uh, was healed instantaneously as we begin to go through a process that focused on healing words and focused on the possibility that her situation could be made better. And this is just one of the incidents of healing that I have seen. I've seen healing where people who have been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer that their, their doctors uh, can't find any reason why the, why the cancer is no longer spreading. And I, I don't want to take full credit to say that it's because of the procedures that we do in our office, because I know that people at their church was also praying with them. But we did specific things within the session that focused on the, the, the stopping of the growth of the cancer. And so I think I think the words that we use in procedures like these are very, very powerful and effective and might be a part of some of these, these miraculous transformations that we have seen. And so there's the power of words on physical healing is the first point. But then there's also the power of words when facing new challenges. We are told in the book of Numbers that the Israelites were, were, fa- were facing a new challenge. The challenge was entering the promised land, and they sent out spies. And these spies came back with two very different reports— Caleb had a positive report. Caleb said, we can be conquerors. We can enter this land. We can take possession of this land. Whereas the other spies say, this is an impossible situation. We will never be victorious if we go up against the people of the, the, the inhabitants of of the land. And so it's the same situation, but two very different reports. So when we are faced with challenges, we can speak to ourselves in negative ways that make the situation seem impossible, or we can speak to ourselves in optimistic ways that make it seem as if there are, there, there is the possibility of us being successful. And what is really unfortunate is that many people, the negative way of self-talking limits their ability to be successful because they listen to the negative words, the negative thoughts that enter their brain instead of training their brain to generate positive talks so that they could be successful in their endeavors. And so it's important for us when we are faced with challenges to realize that the kind of things that we say to ourselves, our our, our self-talk, can make us successful or can defeat us. The person who looks at the economy and say, the economy is very bad, I'm never going to get a job, there are no jobs out there, this person will probably never get a job. Because they're not going to send resumes, they're not going to be hopeful, and even if they do, they're going to do it in a half-hearted way. Another person in the same economy might be able to say to themselves, you know what, the situation is not very good right now, but I think if I work hard, if I send enough resumes out, I will get a job. I just need to put in a greater effort. That person is more likely to be successful than the person who thinks negatively about the situation. So when faced with challenges, be very careful of the kinds of thoughts that you're putting in your mind. Because words have power. The words that you say to yourself will determine your success or will cause you to fail. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Healing Counseling Services has been using various scriptures to speak on this interesting topic of the power of words. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. The third area of our life that words have very that, that words uh play a very important role is when dealing with tragedy. The and so the ending for this sec this third point is the power of words in reframing tragedy. We need to use words to reshape or we view what has happened to us. If we view the situation as negative in the sense that I am a victim and this is this has affected my life so much that will never, I will never be able to get out of this, then chances are that you will never get over it and you will always have that mentality of a victim where you see yourself as being defeated by the tragedy that has entered your life. We're told that when Jesus was being crucified, he chose to look at the crucifixion in a different way. This is not to say he was not suffering. This is not to say that he didn't have weak moments where he felt like not going through with the crucifixion because Jesus had the power to to call angels to take him off the cross. But we are told that Jesus chose to look at his situation in a different way, to look at those that were doing him doing him harm in a different way. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So the verb people who are crucifying him, he looked at them with pity, saying, Forgive them, Lord, because they're doing this out of ignorance. In other words, he's not taking it personally. They're not doing this really because they hate me. They're not doing this because of some malicious intent that they have against me. They're doing this because they lack knowledge. And that way of reframing what is happening, I think, gave Jesus the ability to be able to go through with this ordeal and to to be ultimately successful by being resurrected from the dead. And so I think when you're going through uh, any kind of tragedy, find a way of reframing, a different way of looking at your situation. And this may take a process of time. May take time, it might not happen overnight, but it's still a very powerful technique to be able to try to reframe what's happening. We are told that when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, that when he met with them years later and they thought that he they were about to be put to death, he said that you meant it for evil, but God meant it. For good, and so this is in Genesis 5-19. God intended for good in order to accomplish a day like this, to preserve the lives of many people. So your suffering, the very thing that you are going through that is painful right now, might be a, a something for you in the future that will be used for a great benefit for yourself. And for others, so find a way of changing the words that you use to describe what you're going through. And the the fourth way of the fourth area of our lives where we find that words have very powerful meaning is when it comes to raising children. We use the the example of Dr. Lisa Rankin and her mother, but we also need to think about in in other areas of life as well, where other areas of of children's lives as well. Not just by the, you know how we are talking to them about their diet, but how we speak to them when we are angry. Because if you tell a child that he's stupid or that he's no good or that he's just like his father, that you you divorce, then you're actually placing a curse upon those children. And so you're actually speaking curses over their lives instead of blessing. And so we have this example in the book of Genesis where the patriarchs would call their children to to their bedside and they would speak these words of blessing that as we read through the book of Genesis, we realize that the very words that they spoke over the lives of their children uh, came to pass in very a precise manner. And so words are very powerful in shaping the destiny. Of children, So, if you're raising children, begin to have a dream, a vision for their lives and begin to shape their future by calling them and, and by speaking words over them that declare that they're going to be successful. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the effort that you're putting into, into this task. It It's going to make you very successful in life. I can see you doing great things in the future because of your diligence. And so, These kinds of words are not just empty praise. It is actually sending power, sending energy into these children's lives that are going to shape their success later on in life. And so if you have children, it's never too young to start using the power of words. And even if you have made mistakes and your children are now Teenager or young adults, or even uh, older adults. If you are a father or a mother, you have a very powerful situation where a very powerful position, I should say, where you can begin to reshape their future by speaking positive words over their lives. In Deuteronomy eleven eighteen and nineteen, we read of God's uh, instructions to parents, uh, to parents, to the parents who who came out of slavery and uh, as God positioned them for success in the future, He spoke to the parents, giving them specific instructions. And one of the things He said to them in that passage of Scripture, He says, "Fix these words of mine." In your hearts and minds. So again, words. And he's saying, the words that I have spoken to you, fix them in your hearts and minds. Tie them as a reminder on your hand, and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Speaking about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So in other words, if you're going to be successful, is what God is said, if you're going to be successful as a nation, as you go forward out of slavery, and now into this new endeavor, into the promised land, it's important for you to pay attention to words, and how you use words. So it's important to realize that Jesus talked about binding the words on their foreheads. You can use things like even an elastic band, or a a... a you know, a necklace or a bracelet to remind you of God's words in some way. When you see that thing, you're reminded of a particular scripture. And so these things, these kinds of reminders of energies, and they are very, very powerful. Another area, the fifth and final area in which words are very powerful, it's when it comes to superstitions, the power of words in superstition. If we hold on to superstitions, superstitions can do us harm. In his book, Believing in Magic, the Psychology of Superstition, Professor Stewart said superstition could lead to diminished quality of life If one spends large amount of money on psychics fortune tellers, numerologists, or tarot card readers. So these kinds of beliefs that you have, they're not just wrong from a spiritual perspective. They're, they are they, they have psychological power to do you harm if you place your trust in what psychics say or in what spiritualists say, because these people often say things that end up being like curses over your life. Researchers in San Diego examined the death record of over 30,000 Chinese Americans and compared them to 400,000 randomly selected Americans. What they found is that the Chinese who believed based on Chinese astrology and Chinese medicine that they were destined for bad things to come upon them, that these people died as much as five years earlier than normal. So pay attention to the kind of superstitions you're holding on, to the kind of beliefs that you have, and let those those things go out of your mind focus your mind on the word of god and on positive quotations and you will attract they attract blessings into your life. So, there you have it for today's show. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And I want to remind you that we are not for profit organization. If you have not uh, followed us before, you can do so by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E L I M Counseling with Two L's Ministry.com. You can get a hold of us by calling 613 699 1677. So uh, I also want to remind you, too, that we are a not-for-profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. So if you have donated to this ministry, please consider doing so by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of ELM Counseling Services, thanking you for listening to this show and reminding you that we're on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. But also want to pray for you that God would bless you in all your relationships and that God would keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.